Hello, everyone, and welcome to uh, the Accounts of Eden to Wish Upon a Star D&D campaign. Today, we are going to do the episode negative one of Logan's Stormbless, which will be played by Dylan. Say hi, Dylan. Yo. Uh, Hello, Dylan. everyone. <laughs> really quickly, uh, tell us about your character. Tell us what he looks like, what his backstory is. So, Logan is a human. Uh, he's about 24 years old. He's about 6'4", 220, kind of a bigger build. Uh, and he was raised his entire life the temple of the Stormfather with, from, by his mother and his father and the rest of the temple. Uh, he was usually seen in his, uh, his temple garb, which is a kind of like storm gray tunic and pants with a... Uh, a golden like sash and uh, um, stole that he sometimes wears during prayers and things like that. Black leather boots. Uh, that's really about it. That's all you really see on him. Uh, mm -hmm. He's got black hair and uh, hazel eyes. Uh, a kind of scruffy looking beard. Um, no matter how many times he shaves it and grows it back out, it, it doesn't grow altogether right. But that's... He still wears it no matter what. All right, very cool. You ready to get started? Yep, let's do this. All right, so it's morning and you're traveling alone. As you pack up camp, you begin to remember your journey thus far. It's been a little over a year since you left your friends and family. Your journey has led you through many towns as well as many temples in search of something or someone that could teach you to control the rage inside you. But a storm is not something that can easily be tamed. On your last encounter with civilization, you were told of a city far to the south where anything can be found if one knows where to look. The city of Nightville is your destination. And as you finish packing up your camp, you look toward the rising sun to see a vast kingdom carved into a mountainside. It's less than half a day's walk away. Your journey is uneventful as you approach the city. From the east, you notice large and dark forests. And when you get closer to the city, you notice a mountain that has many holes in its side and is covered in minecarts and other various unidentifiable equipment. As you reach the gate, you notice large elven murals carved into white stones high, probably a hundred feet high. And as you uh, enter the gate to the east, you notice that you're kind of in uh, what could easily be described as the slums. Uh, you see a sign as you pass through the threshold of the gate that says, Welcome to Molehole. It's very dirty here, and it seems to be underground, half of it at least, and so this makes sense to you why it might be called Molehole. You notice many, many people bustling around, doing things, crying infants, the smell of sweat, and you've made it. This is where you were intended to come. What do you want to do? Uh, Logan will probably... Are there any guards around or anything uh, like yeah, that? Yeah, you noticed there were a couple of guards at the front gate. There were guards patrolling the top of the uh, the wall. And every now and then you notice what pretty much looks like a guard walk around Mohol, but they all seem very disinterested in the denizens of Mohol. Uh, I walk up to one and try to get his or her attention. Okay. Uh, just, you... uh, just a random one as I walk through the city. So as you're walking through Molehole, you see one uh, pretty quickly. 
you go over and tap their shoulder and the person kind of turns around it's a middle-aged man in full armor and has a halberd attached with the crest of the city the city on his armor is uh, or the emblem of the city is on his armor and it's a veil over what looks to be like a crescent moon with just the tips of the crescent moon peeking over the veil he turns around and he says yeah what do you want uh hello good sir uh i was wondering if there are any uh temples around here that i could make myself acquainted with uh or who's in charge i'm new to the city uh just trying to catch my bearings and so as soon as you mention the word temples he gives you this really like accusatory look and he says you some kind of holy boy uh yeah I i guess you could say that well we don't take kindly to religious people here in Nightvale. You must be on your way. And he kind of gives you this, you know, disingenuous shrug like he stopped caring about you and starts to walk away. Would you like to do anything else with that guard or continue to search? Uh, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll ask. I'll be like, listen, sir, I'm not looking for trouble. Uh, I just need to know who's in charge around here. Uh, I'm looking for work trying to make my way through here and so he turns around and he's kind of uh, frustrated with you at this point and he says if you're new here i'll give you a piece of advice don't mention religion in nightville none of us take kindly to the idea also who's in charge it depends on where you are if you're at the top it's gerard king gerard but you're never going to see him so don't worry about that who's in charge of mohol nobody in fact the guards don't even care about mohol so I'd basically steer clear of here at any point in time. If you're looking for work, you're probably wanna gonna, you're gonna want to head over to the guilds district or maybe the merchants district to see if they can offer you some work. And without any other prompting, he literally turns around and increases his pace so that you can't bother him again. Uh, as he walks away, uh, Logan will, will just say to him, uh, may the storms be kind to you, and he'll walk off. Okay, and so and he'll, okay he'll head towards the. Did he did he point out a direction to the guild uh, district? He did not. And uh, to describe Mohol a little further, it's basically shanty houses stacked on top of shanty houses stacked on top of shanty houses. Uh, if you look towards your right, you can see where basically what happened is where whatever the next district is ran out of room to grow and all of the poor have been kind of like shoved into the mountainside at the very edge of the wall in Nightvale. And so it's like I said, it's kind of dug underground to make room for more houses. And then they just kept stacking shanties on top of each other. It feels kind of like a maze, but you can clearly see to your left in the distance, things start to change from shanty houses into something else. You can see that eventually Mohol ends and large towers and large spires come up out of the ground far off in the distance. I will start walking my way that way. Okay, so you start walking that way and again, nothing exciting happens. Mohol seems to be a very busy and uh, turbid place, but no one seems to bother you until about 10 or 15 minutes into walking. Uh, a half-orc bumps into you and says, Watch where you're going, small fry. Uh, Logan will uh, look back at him and be like, I'll watch when I, where I'm going when you do. And oh. just keep walking. 
so at this point, the half-orc kind of tries to grab you on the shoulder and says, You seem to have some fight in you. I've got more than fight in me, bud. Walk away. Oh, I don't want to fight you. What's your name? Uh, Logan. Stormblast. Oh, my name's Gruel. And, uh, I think you should let me buy you a drink, Logan, and offer you a proposition. Uh, I'm kind of heading to the guild's district to look for work. Um, but, yeah, I'm a little tired. Uh, sure, I'll get a drink. Okay, so you follow Gruel? Yeah. All right, you guys walk back into Mulhall, away from the direction that you were going, and Gruel just unassumingly comes up to this door that looks like every other door in Mulhall, knocks on it three times, hears a tap, single tap back, and opens the door, and it's basically a hole-in-the-wall bar. There's enough room for three stools and one table in the entire shanty, and it smells like piss. But the bartender uh, nods to Gruel, and Gruel takes up a seat like he's a regular there. You're in the threshold. Um, I'd want to say insight check to make to like check and see if like the people are hostile. Okay. Uh, in there. pick a person uh, so it's literally no one else is in the bar except the bartender who is an old human that's balding and kind of looks like he he's unsteady he's shaking as he cleans a glass his hands are shaking um, mm-hmm. and gruel and you're at the threshold there's no music playing it's you know the sound the ambient sounds of a busy city outside can I do an insight on gruel real quick yeah roll it well, tell me what you're looking for if he's just hostile towards you yeah, if like it, not so much even if he's hostile, just trying to trick me. Well, I guess it would be hostile. Okay. Uh, so I rolled a nineteen plus two, uh, so twenty-one. Yeah, he doesn't seem hostile toward you. This just is a really odd situation. All right, uh, then I'll walk in. Okay. The bartender, you know, sees you. Do you take a seat? Uh, yeah, I'll sit down. Uh, the bartender looks at you uh, kind of warily and looks towards Gruel, and Gruel just nods and grunts. And the bartender brings up uh, two very foamy pale ales. And Gruel says, drink, and then we'll talk about this proposition I have for you. Uh, and then he takes, like, basically the whole thing down without even questioning it. Uh, Logan will lift uh, the glass up to Gruel and start drinking. All right. Uh one beer uh do you drink it all in one gulp or do you sip it uh i'm you know just your normal you know drink here drink there got it i'm not i'm not slamming it but i'm you know but i'm also not you know cradling it and that's how you dodge a constitution check (laughs) (laughs) all right um so after gruel finishes chugging down he goes so have you been in lots of fights before um yeah i've been in a couple well, if you're looking to make money, would you think about fighting uh, for sport? Um, you mean like a pit? <laughs> it's funny that you'd call it that. It's actually called the pit. Yeah, uh, well, I don't want to be uh, mean or anything. I don't want to sound like I'm being a jerk, but... A lot of these places are called the pit. Ah, uh, well, Moho's not known for its intelligent people or inspiring names. Ah, uh, well, I could give it a try. 
able to get out when I want. Oh, yes, yes. It's just, I I feel that because I've told you about this, that I should uh, collect some of your winnings. Your finder's fee, if you will. Uh, I'll be your coach. What kind of finder's fee? And what percentage? Well, if we're talking percentages for the finder's fee, let's say 10% of whatever you win. Uh, you know, uh, 10 sounds good. 10% of whatever I win? The, the, the whole purse. If you take one fight and only make a gold, I get 10%. If you win the purse for the night and it's a thousand gold, I get a hundred. And, uh, I think that's fair. I mean, you wouldn't have even known about the pit if it wasn't for me. Yeah, uh, quick question. How many people have died in these things? N nobody dies. It's fish fighting. He looks at you kind of confused, like, where did you grow up? Uh, alright, I'll try my hand. Cool, let's drink to it. And the girl will slap down uh, another uh, copper or two copper pennies, and this time you'll get the same L, but it looks like it has like a little sediment at the bottom of it. Uh, girl puts uh, it back, girl doesn't even question it, and puts it down in one drink. I, uh, I'll drink it. Okay. Uh, you don't have to, or do you down it, or do you just sip it a little bit? Girl's in no rush. He doesn't I, look like he's rushing you. Yeah, I'm just going to drink it. I'm not going to slam anything. Okay. So. That's, that's just not his way. Oh, that's respectable. So, yeah. uh, Girl notices that you don't slam it and says, So, is it just work that brought you here? Not really. Um. I am on uh, what you could call a uh, a pilgrimage. Um, yeah, a pilgrimage. I uh, I came from a temple of the Storm God, oh. uh, the Storm Father, and mm. he has put his blessing on me, and I don't know how to control it. You see, uh, Gruel's face turn kind of grim. And he mutters, like, as quietly as he can, Listen, friend, you shouldn't talk about the Storm God here, or any gods for that matter. Nightvale is really not a place for the gods, if you understand my meaning. No, I get you. Uh, you're not the only person to tell me that. It's yeah. just, uh, it's gonna be a little hard. Uh, I mean, I spend most of my life in the temple, so you go from talking to not talking about nothing but the gods to literally not talking at all it's gonna take a second okay well i understand be be careful though okay i appreciate you looking out for me girl and so at this point the bartender kind of makes some gruff noises and says if you're not going to buy any more beer go away gruel take your friend your penniless friend and go and gruel just kind of says no arguments and shrugs his shoulders and says well, shall we go to the pit? Yeah, let's let's go to the pit. Okay, so you guys leave the bar and start walking down, you know, shanty alley after shanty alley, headed towards the dug-in part of Molehill. After about 20 or so minutes of walking and what would be losing themselves to anyone else except for people who knew the city, uh, you end up in this, like, 
dark dug out ground pit where basically it looks like a bunch of shanty houses were knocked down you can still see like some of the fenced in or the the wood shingles of uh, the squares that made them up and a large circle of stones and there are a couple of people uh hanging around Uh, at the moment there seems to be maybe like 10 or 12 people and gruel goes up and starts talking to a half elf basically pointing at you and the half elf you know looks you up and down this is about 20 or 30 feet away and he kind of makes this confused look like or a disbelieving look i should say of really really are you sure and gruel you know nods in agreement like yeah trust me uh this is this is what i'm talking about and the half elf kind of like asks you to come over uh I'll, i'll make my way over okay and so as soon as you get there, the half-elf extends his hand, and he's got long white hair. He's got brown eyes and very, very tanned skin. You can tell that he uh, spends a lot of his time outside. He's in commoner's clothes. There's nothing special about his clothes. Uh, interesting thing that you could take away from his appearance is he, he's got his septum pierced with a bone, and that's it's pretty much the only defining feature about him. As he extends his hand, he says, Name's Bolt. Logan, pleasure. It is, indeed. Uh, Gruel tells me that you want to fight in the pit. Yeah, uh, I need a little extra money, because I don't have any, and, uh, I'm just looking for work in general. Uh, Maybe this will get my name out there. Uh, you've been in Night Vale a long time, poor, no work, and you're coming to the pit? You must have seen some hard times. Uh, I'm actually new here. Gruel... I, I, Gruel tries to, like, as soon as you say that, he, like, shakes his head, no. I mean, like, I, I literally just walked through the gate. Gruel, like, face palms really hard and goes, Oh, you're making it really hard to sell you, Logan. And so at this point, Bolt looks at you and says, Ah, you see, uh, Gruel here told me that you're actually a really experienced fighter and you've gotten tired of the maw in the nobles district and you wanted to beat on some poor people today oh well no i mean i am i have been in fights don't get me wrong uh but i'm not from the maw and i don't really feel like taking things out on poor people but i do feel like making some money well uh that's good i'll make sure to let people know not to shank you now because we don't take kindly to the nobles, because they don't they don't come to Molehole. I'll be honest with you, I didn't believe Gruel at first, and I still didn't believe him when you walked over, but now I'm sure. So we'll make sure that you don't get killed before you get to fight. Oh, great. Thanks. Hey, Gruel, what was that thing about no one gets killed? Uh, well, you see, come on, Logan. I mean, it's a fighting pit. People die, but you look really strong. You'll be okay. Yeah. Hey, Bolt. Is yeah. this just fist fighting, or is this more? Oh, it's fist fighting. The problem is, there are people who can take fist fighting, and there are people who are, we'll just say glass skulls. I'm sure you've heard of the term glass jaw before. No, I know what you're saying. And so, yeah, people have died, but I'll be honest with you. Looking you over once and twice, you... 
I, I'm certain you'll at least pass the first round. And there are no contracts. You literally walk outside the circle of stones. And this is a system of honor. Nobody would come to the pit if nobody would come into the pit if they felt like their life was in danger every time, or at least very few people would. Yeah, I get you. And so, uh, are you still interested in fighting in the pit? Yeah. All right. Well, um, we're going to start at sunset. It's you know two hours away. You're more than welcome to sit here and converse with people, or you know meditate, smoke drink do whatever you want uh be careful uh hanging around gruel though it seems like he's going to get you into a lot of trouble yeah i'm i'm learning that slowly gruel laughs nervously <laughs> oh come on you guys it's not that bad and so uh, well, what, what would you well, like to do one last uh i'm going to just say one last thing with bolt i'll be like bolt yes uh make sure uh gruel here gets his 10 percent finder's fee it's, from whatever i win it's 10 percent. yeah that's what he uh, said to me. Ten percent. Ah, okay. I must have misheard. Gruel. Gruel like starts to like smile really nervously. Ten percent, it is. And uh, wh- what did you mishear? Just, just Christian. But you know, just wondering. Gruel looks really nervously at Bolt and says, "It's not important. You corrected the error." Yeah. Great. <laughs> and so uh, Bolt kind of walks off to discuss things with more people and or discuss with other things with other people. And you're kind of just standing there with Gruel nervously. Do you want to say anything to him? Do you want to wait for two hours? What would you like to do? Uh, I'll, I'll just walk over Gruel real quick and I'll be like, so uh, am I your first catch or do you do this professionally? Oh, c- come on, Logan. Look, it's, it's really hard living in Nightvale. I was just trying to make a little more money. Uh, you are new, so you don't know these things yet, and I'm trying to teach you them without malicious or violent intentions. People are going to try and con you and steal money from you, and I'm just doing it gently. Think of it as a gentle lesson. As a friend, yeah. No, okay, great. Well, Gruel, uh, I think I've learned the lesson, so you don't have to teach me anymore, all right? I, I also feel like I have learned a lesson, and uh, we're good. You've learned everything I have to teach you. Great. Uh, so, what do we just you just sit here until we start, or? I mean, we could we could gamble, we could drink, we could have arm wrestling competitions with people. But I would consider to save your strength for the fights. Um, yeah, most of the time you just kind of hang around until it's time. We're poor. We don't have anything to do except drink. Yeah, well, I have no gold, no copper, uh, so drinking is kind of out of the bag, uh, and gambling. Uh, so let's just uh, sit here and maybe scope out the opponents. Okay, that's a great idea. So you guys decide to sit in makeshift mounds of dirt, which apparently are seats, question mark. Uh, question mark, maybe? Uh, who knows? <laughs> And uh, as you look around, you don't specifically notice anybody that looks like an opponent. So you can do a perception check to kind of weed out if there are any stronger people or people that look like they've been in fights, but there's nothing too obvious. Yeah, I'll roll a perception real quick. Roll it. Uh, That's a 15 plus 2, 17. 
Okay. So you notice two people in the crowd of 10. The first one is a human who is uh, easily, could easily be mistaken for a halfling with his height. Um, the reason that you suspect he's a fighter is because while his face and uh, upper body seem to be in reasonable shape, you notice that just above his uh, pant line, you can see a couple of bruises that are in the shape of hands, which would suggest that somebody tried to, you know, grab him, you know, by the hips and toss him, which is not something you would normally find in a, you know, a farm worker or something like that. Yep. The other one that you notice is uh, an elf who has jet black hair, has uh, a very fair complexion, and he, uh -huh. uh, he has no visible bruises on him. But he's also got what seems to be a misaligned jaw. And after you watch him talk for a little bit, he's also missing a couple of teeth. And they're not rotted out. They look like the teeth are slanted. And the pieces that are missing, the teeth next to them are like cracked or chipped. Suggesting that gotcha. he's been in more fights than the human has. Gotcha. And no one's wearing like armor or anything? Not that you see. No, most of the... Okay people that look like they would be fighters are shirtless are wearing you know cotton brown pants that are a little too short for them or a little too tight for them and gotcha. they're wearing uh either gloves or you know ornamented uh, rings on their hands that aren't fancy like copper rings with you know a brass buckle on them or something like that gotcha cool so after scouting everything out uh logan will just sit there and wait okay so maybe chat chat with Gruel a little bit, but you know. Yeah. So you guys chat. Gruel doesn't, you know, talk about anything interesting. Uh, he mentions that uh, there's a statue of the king being built. He mentions that you know moleholes is busy as ever, and that some weird things have been going on in the Quill District. But that doesn't mean anything to you. He kind of just starts okay. to blabber, you know, useless stuff. So the okay. two, two hours go by, and you start to notice as the time, a lot of time gets closer and closer that the crowd starts to get bigger. And it goes from 10 people to 20 people to 30 people until about what you would think is a couple minutes before the fights start, and it's like 100 people. The, 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 the square in which the ring is built is packed, and the only spare space is the ring itself. And it's at this okay. point that Bolt comes into the center of the ring and yells, you know, are you ready? And everyone, of course, cheers. Everyone's ready for a good fight. This is basically the only entertainment that uh, people of Mohol can have. And yeah. so Bolt begins by saying, we have a new contestant today. Will you please step forward? And he doesn't know where you are, but you can assume that he's talking about you. Yeah, so Logan will stand up and he'll take uh, the sash off and take off his uh, his tunic and like fold it and put it on the seat next to um, next to uh, Gruel, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then make his way down. Okay, uh, as you make your way down, people don't notice you at first, so you kind of have to shoulder your way through the crowd. But as soon yep. as people start to notice that you're moving toward the ring. You're actually given uh, at least a, a shoulder's distance of space between people, and people kind of like start whispering under their breath. It's hard to hear over the rest of the people talking and chanting, but you make it to the center of the ring, and as everybody starts to, you know, kind of formulate 
you know, plans and strategies as to who to bet for, because this is a fighting ring, right? Uh, mm. Bolt kind of comes over to you and whispers in your ear, do you, do you want me to introduce you as Logan, or do you have another name? Uh, they always called me Stormblast. All right, that's, that's not bad. I, I can work with that. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight we have a new competitor who has come from the very storms themselves. This man is lightning on earth. His name is Stormblast. And, you know, there are like 20 or 30 people that are excited about that. They're like, yeah, Most of the crowd kind of falls silent because you're an unknown. And, and Stormblast's first competitor is Gutter. And the crowd kind of like is 50-50 on this. You, you hear about 20 or 30 people cheer and other people go, well, okay, all right, fair enough. And so that very short human that you see, that you saw earlier, comes out and then looks at you and puts his hand up. And he has to kind of like reach up to give you his hand, but he's putting his hand out for you. Oh, I'll shake it. Okay. As soon as you shake it, roll initiative. What'd you get? Uh, 17. Okay. So... As soon as you shake his hand, he instantly jumps back and puts his fists up. And you see this reaction. You do the same motion and jump back, and you get to make the first move. All right. Uh, I am just going to go up and make my way up and just try to punch him in the face. All right. Roll the hit. The 15. Oh, yeah. So, uh, roll damage. It does. Uh, so, doesn't it just do one plus your strength? Oh, yeah, you don't have the brawl feat. Yeah, so yeah. it's four damage. So, yeah, as soon as you get into his spheres of influence and your reach is, you're pretty confident that your fist can reach his face. You literally just go for the tried and true method of giving him one right in the face, and he takes it and goes straight down, like like butter, just melts onto the ground. And as soon as he hits the ground, the 20 people that cheered for you were like, yeah. And one person says, woo, a whole nickel. (laughs) And so uh, two of what could be considered officials of the pit, if that's what you want to call them, uh, come out and drag gutter off the field. Bolt comes up to you, pats you on the shoulder and just gives you a nice. Well, well, storm blessed. Maybe you will make it somewhere in the city. Uh, thanks. And I so, <laughs> at that point, he turns to the crowd and he goes, wasn't that a show? And everyone, again, about 20 or 30 people are really into it. And the rest of them were like, you know, just one punch. Good, good for you. And so, yeah. Bolt tries to spice up the crowd by saying, so, Stormblast can put thunder into any man and knock him to the ground. But what will he do against Jackknife? And it's at this point... Someone jumps off of one of the shanty roofs, and let's see how they land. Yep. Uh, you see the the elf that I mentioned before jump off one of the shanty roofs and land about 10 feet away from you and bow to you, uh, what seems like very respectfully, with a very cocky smile. Uh, Logan will give him kind of like a, a salute kind of thing. Okay. Like uh, the two fingers to the forehead and then out. So... As soon as that happens, he tries to charge you. Roll initiative. There we go. What'd you get? 
Uh, 20. 18 plus 2. Oh, man. Shoot. All right. You go first again. Okay. Uh, bonus action rage. Yep. You are angry. Uh, you see, like, like not so much sparks, but, like, the air around him, you can just see, like, kind of, like, kind of electrifying, but not really. You know, like, the feeling you get before the storm happens? Yeah, yeah. The tingle up the spine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And then I'm going to roll in, and I'm going to punch him in his face. Do it. That's a 19. Yeah, that hits. So And that's 6 damage. Plus, yeah. Oh, so yeah. So it's the 4 plus, plus my rage. Plus the 2 for the rage, right. And so yep. what happens is, as soon as Jackknife comes in, he tries to, like, move to the side of you and swing in for a hook. But you see this, and you go right for his uh, rib cage, and you just land a solid blow, and he instantly like takes a knee, like he feels it. It's it's painful, and he gets up gotcha. and he tries to hit you. So he looks at you very uh, angrily, and tries to uh, do an uppercut, and does a fourteen hit. Nope, fifteen is my AC. Okay, so he misses. The uppercut comes up, and you're instinct tells you to pull back just at the last second and it basically grazes your chin you feel a nice breeze on your chin as he comes up to hit you and misses your turn cool. alright I'm gonna go to hit him again that is a 17 yeah. oh yeah that hits oh wait that's another 6 yeah yeah you don't have to roll for it and so at this point, what happens is as he's coming up, his stomach is just wide open for the taking. You take both of your fists in your hands and you feel the charge of the storm inside of them. And you just double punch him right in the gut and actually knock him like ragdoll him over onto himself. His hips are above his head. He looks like he missed up, messed up a, a what do they call it? A, uh, not a somersault. What's the thing where you roll over on your head? Anyways, he is incapacitated, yeah. and the guards or the officials drag him off by his feet. And Bolt comes back out again and says, Huh, well, you are full of surprises, Stormblessed. Do you think you can uh, take out our reigning champion? Uh, and then I'll just breathe heavy and I'll just say, Bring him. All right, that's what I like to hear. Money to my ears. And so at this point, Gruel comes up to you and says, one second, I need to talk to my friend here. And uh, he tries to convince you to come out of the ring for one second. Yeah, I'm not going anywhere. He really tries to pull you. Do you resist? It's fine if you do. It's up to you. Uh, yeah, I, I've raged. Yep, you got it. So uh, Gruel realizes that you aren't budging and, uh, you know, politely steps outside of the ring. And it's at this point you hear everybody stomp their feet twice rhythmically they just keep stomping their feet twice and bolt says this man needs no introduction everybody welcome ollie hammer and at first it's kind of hard to see like where this person's coming from because everybody's stamping their feet and nobody's making a clear path and then from in between two of the legs of one person in the crowd you see a gnome that's about three and a half feet tall come out from under the legs he looks at you spits on the ground and says beginner's luck you ready let's do this all right and we're gonna roll initiative for a third time oh there we go money 
You got 21, son? Nah, I got a 10. All right. So, Ollie Hammer is going to come up to you. And uh, I mean, you know, imagine a three-foot gnome with a uh, green mohawk coming straight for you. Shirtless gnome. Uh, 16 will hit. And yep. so, he's going to do uh, four damage to you. And basically what so, he does is he comes is up. That, oh, Is that bludgeoning? Yeah. Okay, or do you so have resistance to bludgeoning? Yeah. All right. So you take two damage and he comes up to yep. you and he just tries to wail on your shin. Like he runs up, nothing fancy. He just takes a hammer fist and tries to like swing in onto your shin. And it hurts. Like, you know, you feel yep. it. The, the, the gnome is a lot stronger than you would suspect for a gnome. And yep. uh, your turn. Uh, 19. Yep, that hits. So, 6 damage. Yep. So, he hits you in the shin, and you immediately just take your elbow and slam it into his skull. He quickly rubs off, you know, the pain, because it hurts. And he goes in for another attack. And, uh, nope, a 12 will not hit. So, what he does is, he's still a little shaken from you, basically, like, splintering his skull with your elbow. And uh, when he swings in, it's very easy to dodge because it's it's a slow swing. He's trying to get his bearings again. Yep. Your move, sir. All right. Oh, baby. That's a natch 20. Oh, man. All right. So we're just going to say that that's double damage. And so what you do is as he swings in, you grab his arm. And because he's relatively light, being a gnome, you literally just pick him up. And you remember that scene from the Avengers where the Hulk just basically wrecks Loki? Oh, yeah. One of my favorite scenes from the Avengers. Well, you get to reenact it as Logan Stormblast as you pick him up and you do a double boom, boom. And he barely gets up from that effect. He just like, oh, as he stumbles up, he comes in for a swing and he comes in at 16. And because he's disoriented, his hit you know, tries to come in for your groin and misses and just hits you in the thigh. And it, it's going to leave a bruise, but you only take two damage. So I take one. Well, or is it it's still four, four but, damage. but you have it. Because it's, it's strength modifier. So yep. your go, sir. He is not looking good for being the champion. Yeah. Apparently being thrown around like a ragdoll has a negative effect on his stamina. So that's 23 to hit. Yeah, you got it. And yeah, with the six damage, basically what you do to finish him off is you grab his tiny little head in your hand and you say, do you, do you want to say a finishing line? Uh, uh, I'll look down at him and be like, there's no such thing as the beginner's luck. And then the storm's blessing. Nice. And then you headbutt him and he just crumples down. He is like paper mache in your hands and falls to the ground. There's a moment of silence. And the entire crowd erupts, screaming, Storm Blessed! Storm Blessed! Storm Blessed! And, you know, you're the champion. Bolt comes out, and he can't believe it. The elf who thought that, you know, you had nothing, you were no one, is like, well, you just literally took out, you know, our reigning champion. He comes over, pats you on the back, gives you a purse of gold, and you can look in it if you want. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll check it out. So it's 50 gold, which is very impressive, yeah, for fighting in a pit like here. He also hands you an envelope with a seal on it. 
and the seal is you know wax seal has uh, the image of a hexagon with arrows pointed in all directions bordering the hexagon and a set of repair tools in the center and he says someone was very impressed with your fight uh you were looking for work if you really want it i guarantee you what's in that envelope will be steady work for your entire stay here and with that he kind of bows to you as the crowd is cheering and points toward the direction that was the entrance of the pit people clear the way for you and you know you you can leave whenever you want you can stay yeah, before I leave, I'll say uh, thanks, Bolt, and I'll give him like a little fist bump. He fist bumps you right uh, back, and he says, "Come back anytime, Stormblessed. We could make a lot of money off you." Yeah, uh, I'll be sure to. Um, where's Gruul at? Uh, you don't know. The last place you saw him was where you left him in the crowd with your stuff. Oh, I was asking uh, Bolt. But, oh, you're asking uh, Bolt? Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen him. He, he's probably in the crowd somewhere cheering you on. All right, I'll go look for Gruul. Okay. Uh, where would you like to look? Where you last saw him? Yeah, where I left my stuff. Yeah, bad news, bud. He's gone. Your stuff's gone. Oh, just my shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, now I'm shirtless. Yeah, yeah, you are. <laughs> I'm super buff. You are. Uh, you're you're buff. You're uh, sweating, and you've just wrangled yourself a gnome, a human, and an elf. Uh, I'll look around. I'll be like, uh, anybody know where Gruul hangs out? Uh, and you know, everybody kind of shakes their their heads and gives you a shrug. Like, uh, you know, one elderly person comes up to you and says, "Well, he he's homeless like most of us, so he he's just around all the time." One gold to anybody. You know what? Five gold to anybody who can tell me exactly where he hangs out. And so, it, it, you know, you, you say that loud enough for everybody to hear, but even Bolt yeah. shrugs his shoulders like, I, and Bolt even says, uh, there's a bar in Mohole that he kind of hangs out at, and then he comes to the pit. Other than that, he's uh, an errand boy for the Thieves Guild, so he's really sent all across the city. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to make my way back to that bar. Do I know how to get there? Uh, no, but I, I think you could ask around and try your luck. You could pay yeah, someone. I'm gonna, yeah, I'll I'll find like an urchin or something, or no, like someone who like around there who can just I'll pay him like a gold or two to get me to that bar. Yeah, so that happens. So mark that you uh you pay a gold, and the person yep. like speeds the process up. You get there in a quarter of the time that you got there with Gruul, like, going back the direction you came. Yep. So Gruul definitely led you about, you know, roundabout. And you get back to the bar, and the door is shut. Uh, can I... I forget how the knock went, but can I do the knock? Yeah, so, just a reminder, this is a, this is your one freebie, because next time that, that could have huge story implications. Yeah. Uh, it's three, or it's three knocks, and then you wait to hear a solo knock. And okay. so you do that? Yep. So yeah, you hear the solo knock, and the door opens, and you see the bartender, and uh, something you probably didn't see before, but the guy who opened the door is a standard, you know, human, nothing special about him. Wouldn't want to meet him in a dark alley, but nothing special. And the bartender. Uh, yeah, I'll look in and be like, uh, 
Sir, uh, have you seen uh, Gruel anywhere? Has he made his way back here? He squints his eyes at you and says, Oh, you're Gruel's penniless friend. Yeah, I'm not penniless anymore, and he'll flip him a gold piece. Okay. Uh, the bartender catches the gold piece and says, Well, listen... He works for the Thieves Guild, and I'm sure they've sent him on some kind of errand. You may want to check there, but now's not a good time. Check later. Uh, and he kind of there, dismisses um, you. Yeah, is there like a clothing shop or something <laughs> around? I don't I don't have a shirt. Uh, it's at this point that the guard, after seeing you toss, you know, did you toss a gold to the bartender? Uh, I mean... I got. I only had gold. Yeah. Like, so you had to broken up into silver. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't broken up into silver or copper. So yeah, I, I flipped him a gold. And so the guard turns around and says, "I'll give you everything I've got on me for a gold." What all does he have on him? A uh, shirt, shoe, leather shoes, you know, padded leather shoes, and uh, a reasonable brown tunic that leaves much to leaves very little to the imagination as far as what his chest looks like. <sighs> Keep the shoes. Give me the shirt. Uh, the exchange is made. You now have a shirt. I'll put the shirt on. Stupid shirt. Alright. Uh, I, I, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. The bartender continues to clean his glasses, ignoring you, and the doorman is just, like, mouthing the gold piece, basically, to make sure it's real. Yeah. Um, I'm going to open up that letter and start hand- heading toward out of the, out of Mulpown. Okay. So uh, we'll take care of the letter first. As you open up the letter, you find a very nice piece of parchment in it. This is not regular paper, but this is like high quality, you know, stuff that ledgers and laws are made on. And it simply states, you have been cordially invited for an interview at Omni Repair in the Guilds District. And it kind of, you know, assumes that, you know, you know how to get there. There's not much on it. What was the name of the place? Omni Repair. Alright. And and the Guild District? Yep. Omni Repair in the Guild District. You have been invited for an interview. Sorry, I'm just taking this. Yeah. Um and then I'll start heading towards the Guild District. Do you know where that is? <sighs> no. <laughs> you wanna tell I'll look me. back at the I'll look back at the guard and be like which way is the guild district? And I only took your shirt. I feel like the gold should give me at least that much information. He, he doesn't argue with it at all. In fact, he's still eyeing the gold piece. And uh, he basically states that if you continue through, if you keep going straight, the city on the first level is basically a straight line. He also lets you know that you are in the underfoot level. Because as you approach the city, you noticed it was made of multiple tiers. And the first uh. level is known as underfoot. And if you basically go straight from where you are and don't go back from where you came, you'll go through the Quill District. You'll end up in the Center District, which is also the main square. You'll go through the Market District or the Merchants District, and then you'll end up in the Guilds District at the other end. Okay. All right. So just straight from here, huh? Yep. Follow the main road. The, so basically where you are, you, you recognize that there's a main road, probably two or three shanty aisles, you know, further in or further out from wherever your direction is and if you get back on that main road and go straight you'll eventually end up in the guilds district gotcha um and then i'll ask him one last question like is there a blacksmith around and he uh states that in molehole there's probably some people that can work metal a little bit 
but he kind of looks at you he's like what do you want to do exactly what's your purpose i need a a trusty spear uh you'll want to go to the merchant's district for that all right i appreciate it what's your name uh he puts out his hand and he says hiccup hiccup i like that me too uh i'm logan and uh oh uh barkeep what's your name he does come back and i kind of like this place he he looks at you and he says well since you have money now my name uh, is striker striker it's a pleasure to meet you sir he kind of just like begrudgingly like nods to you like pleasure to meet you too and uh what's the name of this this bar it doesn't have a name. It's a bar in Molehole. Hey, I like it. All right, well, uh, I'll see you guys around. Most assuredly. And so, you know, do you want to head to Omni Repair? Uh, yeah, I'll make, I'll, <laughs> what, what time? I guess it's night now, isn't it? It's roughly, yeah, it's it, after the fight and everything. You're looking at, you know, 7 or 8 o'clock. Uh, the, the sky is growing very dim. You're getting close to night. <laughs> So by the time I make it to the merchant's district, uh, I want to see if there's any blacksmiths or anything open. Okay. So uh, do you just want to get to the merchant's district? Uh, yeah. So okay. Yeah. The only thing that I want to state is when you go through Molehole, you notice that mm-hmm. there is an instant change as if there was an invisible wall where the dirt road and the smell of sweat and urine changes into pen and ink. You smell it in the air everywhere you go. You also smell what you could assume is the smell of parchment in the air. There suddenly are intricate and elaborate stone bricks everywhere, and the buildings become very rigid and structured. Some of them are, you know, two-story houses, and you can see, uh, if you look to your left or your right as you're going down the main street, some of them are like large towers, very intricately designed. As you pass through that... Oh, no, go ahead. Sorry. So you you know, based on information that you got previously, that this must be the Quill District. You're not sure what it does or who's in it, but this must be the Quill District that was mentioned to you earlier. Yep. And then uh, you go through the main square, and this is simply a, a hub. You uh, As you come into it, it's just a giant open arena with you know houses and buildings on the outsides of it. There's a wall to your right that's equally as high but elevated on a rock slab that has a giant circular door on it with 20 or 30 guards guarding the door. In the middle of it, you can see a group of gnomes and dwarves working on the base of what is going to be a very large statue. And the information you gather as you're walking by it is that it says king, and then you see the letter J being carved into some of the uh, granite at the bottom of the pedestal for the statue. As you make, I would probably take this to be King Gerard. Mm-hmm. You could. I would say that's a safe bet. Okay. Uh, and then you make your way through this main square district, and you get to the market district. And it's nighttime at this point, but due to the size and lore of the city the market district is not asleep at all in fact you question whether it was either whether it could have been more lively in the day than it is now at night everything you can imagine is going on there carts are being pushed people are yelling criers are begging for people to come and buy wares at their store Uh, it's a very uh, 
overwhelming experience, you instantly smell food is the first thing that you smell. An array of spices that you're not familiar with, but tantalizes and tickles your senses. You notice bright and colorful canopies over you know, food stalls and small merchants' uh, shops. And a few aisles in, you notice that the shops get bigger and more elaborate and are actually individual structures, not just carts or canopied uh, kiosks. And so this is where you wanted to stop, right? Yeah, I want to look for a blacksmith and a clothing shop. Okay, so uh, do you want to ask around? Do you want to roll for it? How do you want to find this thing? Yeah, I'll, I'll ask around. And like, uh, I'll look, uh, look around. Like, uh, um, are there any like fighter-type looking guys around or like adventuring guy people? Uh, so I can tell you that there are bodyguard-ish people that seem to be standing around certain more uh, well-off cart stands, if that makes sense. Merchants that yeah. clearly have had success in their career also seem to have yeah. a very big, burly guard next to them. Yeah, I'll walk up to one of the guards, mm-hmm. uh, and I'll be like, uh, excuse me, broad shoulders, uh, I got a quick question for you. Yeah, what is it? Uh, if you had to pick a, uh, a blacksmith with a weapon, which blacksmith would you go to? Um, in the market district? Yeah. Well, probably uh, the Foul Anvil. And that's just two streets down on your right. And he points the direction and then makes the signal for going right. Yeah, you'll definitely want the Foul Anvil for just something sturdy. Yeah, alright. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you, and I'll put my hand out. Uh, or, yeah, I'll put my fist out for like a fist bump and be like, uh, uh, thank you. Uh, he looks at you very confused and kind of looks at your fist bump like, what is this? Uh, sorry, it's a sign of respect and thanks where I come from. Well, you, you take your fist and you bump it against mine. I'm not going to do that. That's fine. Uh, it's just common courtesy. You must be new to Night Vale. Yeah. Just walk through the... Word of advice. Don't tell people that. Gotcha. Thanks. Uh, I... Thank you. Yep. And so you now know how to get to the Foul Anvil. Yeah, I'll head there. Okay. It takes you... Foul Anvil. Yep. Two minutes to get there. You hear the... Is it a foul as in, like, something's gone afoul, or a foul as in, like, the bird? (laughs) So as soon as you get to the shop... Do you, I assume you ask yourself that question as you walk there. I do, yeah. Uh, as soon as you get to the shop, you notice it's actually, I'm glad you asked this, it's a mixture of both. It looks like a chicken that's yes. been laid out on top of an anvil, and the rest of the sign is what most people would probably consider steam, but you're intelligent enough to pick off that that's the smell of a dead chicken on an anvil. Nice. It is a play on words. Nice. I love it. Great. Uh, and like I said, it's a shop made of stone doors there. There are windows, which is interesting. No glass in them. There are open windows. You can smell the soot from the forge. Do you go in? Oh yeah. I'll walk in. All right. You open the door and you hear a small bell chime and you see a half work stop mid swing and hammer and says, ah, welcome to the foul uh, anvil. What can I do for you? Uh, hello, Master Smith. Uh, 
I I really enjoy the name, by the way. My own words. <laughs> oh, you got it. That's great. Yeah. You're the one in a hundred that gets that. Yeah, it's fantastic. I got a good chuckle. It was very nice. Uh, <laughs> but I'm looking for uh, a spear, something hardy. <laughs> uh, a standard spear? Right here. And he reaches over on a rack that you clearly see has a bunch of spears, you know, wood shaft, metal head, uh, puts yep. it on the table and says, now, now, before we talk price, give it a swing. See how you like it. Uh, I was just about to ask if I could do that. No, no, no. I insist. Do it. Uh, so, uh, Logan will pick up the spear and he'll just start, start going through the motions that he was taught. Um, just look, it looks like a, you know, the, the thrust pull back, thrust pull back. Mm-hmm. And then he'll start swinging it, like twirling it in between his hands and then behind his back and then up over his head. And then it's more like a dance that he does with it. Um, than anything. You want to roll me a performance check? Well, not really. I mean, I can, yeah. I just want to see how good, how good it is. Cool. That's a 19 yeah. minus one. That's an 18. So it's at this point that the uh, smith actually like claps his hands and says, well done, that spear was made for you. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's, I'd have to say it is how much? <laughs> one gold piece. Uh, yeah, you've got a deal and I'll hand him a gold piece. He gladly takes it and he says, is there anything else I can get you? Uh, no, I think this will be it. All right. He... Um, actually... Do you have any javelins? I mean, yeah, yes, of course. This is a blacksmith shop. I have all standard gear here. And he, you know, goes to the rack behind the spears. And it's interesting. You can see a mechanism where he lifts up a latch, slides the rack of spears, and conveniently stored behind it are six javelins that look pretty freshly made. Uh, do you sell them in bundles of six, or can I just take a couple? How many do you want? I make them and I sell them. Uh, two. Two will be fine. Okay. He hands, or he picks the two. He kind of, like, picks up two, weighs them in his hands to test the balance, and then puts the one in his left hand back on, reaches for the next one, tests the balance, nods to himself in approval, and puts them, you know, on the t- the counter and says, Ten shovel pieces. Uh, yeah, you got it. All right. And I'll hand him ten silver and... Where'd you, where'd you get the ten silver from? Uh, then I'll just give him one gold. And he'll make the change for you. So now you have, you know, X silver associated with the one gold. You minus 10. Yeah, so 45 gold and then 10 silver. Oh, man, you're rolling in it. I guess. Uh, <laughs> I'll look at him. Uh, I didn't catch your name, Black Master Blacksmith. Oh, uh, it's just easy to call me Tusk. My name is a bit hard to pronounce in your tongue. Uh, well, I... I do speak a little bit of orc. Really? Uh, yeah, I do. Oh, okay. Uh, it's a derivative. It, uh, it, I chose elvish, and then I got two other ones, and I went uh, orcish and giant. Okay, cool. So he tells you that his name is Snagog. Snagog. Snare. He he has oh, trouble. Snare. He has trouble pronouncing his eyes. Snagog. Snare. And he gets snare really dog. primal when he says it, like he's reaching into his orcish side. Yeah, and I will, uh, in Orcish, say thank you, Snaregog. Uh, uh, I'll treat these weapons well. He looks very surprised and says, Come again any time, it was a pleasure. 
Uh, I'll be short too. Uh, one last question. You wouldn't know of any clothing shop where I could get uh, maybe like a custom tunic, just just a gray and maybe a coat, a heavier coat. Um, sure. Um, he mentions a couple of shops. Uh, they're all relatively close to you. You know, you go down a block this way, you turn an alleyway this way. And then he thinks about it for a second and he says, you should go to Gift of Paradise. And he tells you that Gift of Paradise is basically go back out to the main road, but right before on the last street, take a right and you'll be there. It's called Gift of Paradise. Yep. We'll head to Gift of Paradise real quick. And basically all I want from there is kind of like a a stormy gray like tunic that matched my own. Mm -hmm. Uh, a belt and then just like a stormy gray kind of overcoat okay like a, like a regular like hat, like down to the knees kind of like long coat yeah so you go to gift of paradise the sign on the door isn't nearly as cool as the foul anvil it's simply a flower with a sun coming out of the flower and you walk okay. in and an elven girl is kind of nonchalantly flipping through a, a small book what would be considered a magazine in our world basically Mm-hmm. And she looks up at you kind of disinteresting, like, what'll it be? Uh, good evening, miss. Uh, I'm looking to get a uh, cloak, or not a cloak, a uh, a tunic of a storm gray kind of make. Just a simple simple black leather belt and a uh, and an overcoat, if I could. Uh, well, it's past business hours, so write down the description here. It'll be a one gold deposit because it's a custom piece. I assume you want it by tomorrow. That'd be great, yeah. So leave your specifications here really quick. So she gives you a pen and a, or uh, a wood you know, stick that's been charred at the end and a piece of yep. paper so that you can write down what you want. And then she quickly takes your measurements. Like she's not even paying attention to you really. She's trying to like take a glance at the magazine every time she takes a measurement. She can feel she's yep. quite precise in it. And she says, okay, come back tomorrow morning. It'll be ready for you. Uh, of course. Uh, you wouldn't mind. What are you, what are you reading there, young miss? Uh, nothing for you. And she, like, grabs it very close to her chest and says, it's personal. Go away. It's a personal can, question. Can I, can I present it? I mean, perception to see if I can see what it was? Yeah, go ahead. So as she tries to pick it up, you're, you see that and you try and see. Uh, 12. Uh, She's not that dexterous. It's pretty much a dirty book. It's a romance novel. The The title of it is, you know, sensual in nature. And you can gather that she is reading it, you know, to pass the time. Uh, I'll look back at her and be like, uh, that's a pretty good one. But Reigns of Lust was my favorite. And I'll just walk out. Her face gets incredibly red. And she says, go, go. <laughs> He'll have himself a good chuckle. God. His mom wrote... His mom always read romance novels. Reigns of Lust. I like it. The storm can't be tamed. Uh, all right, so you now have then, an order for a tunic, yeah. and you have spears and javelins. You're doing pretty well for yourself for your first day in Night Vale. Right, and then I'll make my way to the Omni Repair. Okay, so you continue to walk through the Market District. It is as before described. Uh, very busy, what? lots of goings on. Are there... Are there any like food, like street cart? Oh like, yeah, lots, things? man. Every five Ooh. or six feet. So treat this as you would like a a city fair. For every store in the background, 
there's multiple carts selling individual wares and every couple of carts there's just something that smells great you know it's not going to be good for you either yeah is there one that everybody's like like a whole bunch of people are standing at uh so surprisingly uh this actually catches your attention low perception what's your passive perception uh that's 12 yeah 12 is fine uh, you notice that very few people are actually uh, attending the food carts. Most people are so busy that if they stop at all, it's to be like, place the order really quick, grab it, and go. Nobody's really chilling out or conversing around them. But there's lots of them. And everybody's, you know, you'll see two or three people go to one cart, grab something, and go. Cool. Um, are there any, like, dumplings? I don't know. Go look for them. Roll me uh, an investigation. That's not good. Uh, that's an eight. So good news for you is dumplings are uh, the equivalent of dumplings are a very popular thing in Nightvale. And so after you peer through uh, what looks to be like a kebab stand and then uh, the equivalent of like a grilled eel stand, you plop onto a stand. Ooh, wait, no, no. He sees the grilled eel and he'll stop. Okay. So you stop and at the grilled get... eel stand? Yeah. Okay. He was looking for dumplings, but the grilled eel just like looked at him and he was like, oh yeah, that looks delicious. Cool. So you walk up to the vendor, and the first thing that hits your nose is a combination of ginger, orange, and paprika. And the eel looks very well grilled. Uh, this person who's doing it is clearly a master. The It looks very tender. Like It does not look too... The outside looks crispy, but after watching one or two people eat it, you can see that that's just a, a, a layer of texture before you get to the nice, juicy eel. I'm so hungry. <laughs> um yeah uh, i'll walk up to the vendor and be like uh excuse me sir uh could i get one order of the eel please and he says if there's not a line like i'll stand no there's no line like i said like people just grab it and go and so he quickly hands you you don't get one he just looks at you he's like you don't get one and he gives you two sticks and he says two copper pennies uh here's a silver piece keep the change and so he looks at the silver piece and he just scoops up the other eight on the rack and just puts them in a bag for you and says i don't like charity uh that's that's fine i'm just didn't mean to insult you sir and i'll take them um are there any like kids or people hanging out around there yeah so uh, the, if there are any if there are any like uh kids that look hungrier that are without like like anybody like uh, like hungry kids right so without doing an investigation check a quick glance says that no the few things that you can like track are just adults moving from one stall to another you know busily selling and buying things all right uh is there anybody else standing around at the cart uh no i'll just i'll just start handing out eel sticks uh nobody if, if you try to so i assume you try to hand them to random people walking by yeah. Nobody takes them, and they look very suspicious at you. One old lady even stops and says, I'll call the guard. I, I didn't mean any offense, ma'am. I'm, I'm sorry. Do you know where you are? This is Nightfield. Don't pull shenanigans like that. And she just walks away. Shenanigans? It's being nice. Oh, man, you're going to love Nightvale. <laughs> All right. So you have... Like I said, he's, he's grown up in a temple his entire life with like family members and people that he's known all right it's like copyright disclaimer uh yeah game of thrones own this but oh my sweet summer child <laughs> exactly you he's, can... he's not he's not super bright like he's yeah 
Okay. So you now have a bag of eight eel sticks. You assume have eaten the other two eel sticks. Yeah. And do you want to continue to Omni Repair? Yep. Yeah, we should probably get there. <laughs> so you make it to the guilds district, and after passing a couple of guilds, you notice a standalone building that is large in stature, made entirely of what looks to be one piece of stone, a very dark brown stone. There are giant, two giant glass windows on either side of the door, and there is a you know signpost uh, sticking out with the symbol that you saw on the wax seal, and it says Omni Repair. Under it, in small text in common, you can read, We have a fixation for repair in all directions. Uh... I'll go and knock on the door? No one answers it. You can see lights on, since it's nighttime, you can see lights on through the giant windows, but yep. nobody answers the door. Okay, I will uh, try to make my way in. Yep, the door opens very easily. You're actually quite surprised at this, as this is a large door. This would be the equivalent of one of your temple doors, you know, eight feet yep. tall, made of one solid piece of mahogany, and it just slides open like it's a feather. So you go in, the room is reasonably well lit, there are dark spots. Uh, as you look around, you notice a solid wood floor and the scent of, you know, pine just instantly hits your nose. This place smells like wood. On your right, you notice uh, a circle of chairs with a very ornate loot. Pretty big for okay. a loot, actually. And it has very intricate carvings. From the distance you are, which is about 10 or 15 feet in the low light, it's hard to make out the carvings. But you can tell that is a fancy fucking loot. Hell yeah. On your right, you notice a bunch of game tables, like, strewn about. You see dice on a couple of them. You see cards on the other ones. And as you make your way up the wall from the dice tables, you notice uh, monster heads. Like, straight up, like, oh, there's a goblin... There's an owl bear. There's a I don't even know what that is, you know. Nice. All strewn on the wall, held up by different weapons. Okay. As you turn your head to actually focus on the center of the room, the first thing that you notice is the hall or the 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 room is quite large, uh, maybe a you know, hundred feet in length, and at the end of it is a single desk, beautiful wood carved desk, uh, two doors on either side of it. And an elf with short white hair, you see his boots up on the desk, and he's kind of asleep in the chair. You see a chair on the other end of the desk, which you can assume is meant for someone else to sit in. Uh, I'll go sit in that chair. Okay, you sit in it. He does not wake up. He's actually, now that you're this close to him, you can kind of hear him doing this. Uh, I'm like, excuse me, sir. Sir. And so you see him crack one eye open, put his boots on the floor, and he says, I was in the middle of a very important meeting. What do you want? Um, uh, I'm here about the interview. Uh, what interview? Yeah, uh, I, I got this letter. Do you present the letter? I do. So the elf takes the letter looks it over once or twice, and he says, Hmm, you did get invited here. Someone's been busy. What's your name? He puts his hand out to shake yours. Uh, I'll put it out, and I'll shake his as well. I'll be like, uh, Logan, uh, Stormblast. Logan, I like it. 
My name's Volk. Pleasure to meet you, Mr. Volk. No, no, no. Just Volk. Anyways, what do you want to do here at Omni Repair? Uh, I'm just kind of looking for work while I'm in town. So, really, anything. Well, if you're alright with it, let's get the interview started. Uh, yeah, let's. So, he gets up out of his chair, and, you know, he's got a standard tunic on. Ooh. And uh, black leather pants and heavy leather boots. He walks around you, kind of does a once-over with you, and says, Been in a lot of fights, Logan? Uh, yeah, just a couple a little bit ago. Ah, okay, cool. Apparently I'm the pit champion in Molehole. I'm going to have to check on that. That's an impressive feat for someone who just got here. And I assume that's what happened, you... I've just come to Night Vale. Yeah, uh, literally this morning, I met a guy named Gruel. Uh, he asked me if I wanted to be a pit fighter. I didn't have any money, so I said, yeah. And, uh, that's where I got this letter. He kind of... Hammer? Hammer Fist? Uh, no, I can't remember his name. Uh, he kind of looks at you disapprovingly and says... Hmm. All right. Well, that answers one of my questions. All right. Question number two. How do you feel about slave trade? Uh, I don't. No slaves. I'm not about it. Ah. If that's what this is, I'll be out the door. Uh, Omni Repair is not about that. It's part of the contract. We'll get to that in a second. Anyways, next question. How do you feel about a naked, blonde, elven woman? I mean... Yeah. All right. I'm about uh, that. Yeah, no. Like, seems reasonable. Is that going to be part of the job? Who knows? It's Omni Repair. I'll explain what okay. the job is in a second. Okay. Last question. What you got in the bag smells great. Oh, uh, yeah. Eel sticks. You want one? Uh, no bribery, thank you. But I will take one if you're hired. Yeah, you can have more than one if I'm hired. I, I already can. So. Cool. He goes back to his desk, kind of nonchalantly pulls out a piece of paper and a very fancy quill and starts writing. Do you want to see what he's writing? Uh, yeah. Okay. Roll me perception or investigation. I don't know. Perception. That's a 17. Yeah. Uh, he's literally writing your conversation down word for word as if he memorized it right off the bat. Oh, nice. He says, he, after he finishes writing it, you see him sign his name, uh, Volk. And then he says, hmm, hmm. He kind of inspects what he literally just wrote and says, all right, let's see how you do. Go into the door on your, he has to like think about it for a second. He makes the, the thing, the gesture with his hands and he goes, you're right. Go on the door on your right. And I head to the door on my right. Okay. Uh, it's a standard wooden door, kind of nicely framed. You open it, I assume? Yep. All right, you go through it, and you enter a courtyard. The courtyard is stoned in with uh, brown stone, goes you know all the way up to the top of the building. There are flower beds on the edge of the walls all across the courtyard, and benches. It kind of looks like a park. A little bit. The cobblestone paths with flowers and grass in between them. Uh, and you notice there's uh, three people 
standing about halfway through the distance between you and the other end of the courtyard. There's a teenage boy, an old man, and a very small child, and they're all just staring at you, all dressed pretty much identically in red clothing, red garb, standard red garb. Okay. Um, I'll walk up close to them, and uh, I'll be like, uh, Logan will say, uh, I'm here for the uh, interview. And so as soon as you say the first words out of your mouth and finish the sentence, the boy starts ridiculing you like mercilessly. He starts to dance around you and poke holes at you whenever he can. He's like, look at your hair. It's stupid. Oh, my goodness. Your boots, they're awful. And at that point, the old man goes, help, help, gods. This man is ridiculing my son. He's trying to hurt him. And the teenage boy puts up his fists and tries to attack you. You have a choice. Would you like to roll initiative? Uh, no. Okay. No. So at this there's point... A, there's, there's a kid around and he's scared that the rage will... Do something horrible happen. Okay. With the kid around. So uh, at this point... The teenage boy comes up and he rolls to hit uh, 17. So he's going to hit. So uh, round down uh, three damage to, is it round up or round down? Down. Okay. So you take. uh, But I'm I'm not, I'm not raging anymore. So. Okay. So you take the full three then? Yeah. How are you looking health wise? Uh, Down to seven. Okay. That's fine. So the ridicule continues at this point. The boy actually tries to like kick dirt on you as if you're you know an animal that he wants to shoo away and he goes you smell funny oh my god that beard you look awful and the old man actually trips he's yelling out into this courtyard there's nobody apparent but he's like help he's tripped me and is about to beat me and this is when the boy actually gets incredibly angry and tries to attack you again do you want to do anything about it or do you let him attack you I mean, I guess there's no way I can block him. I mean, um, I, I was going to run over and try to pick up the old man. Okay. You, you want to do that as a reaction? Yeah. All right. So he, the kid's going to take an attack of opportunity since you're leaving his sphere of influence, and he misses. So okay. he comes in to swing, but your battle instincts tell you to drop your left shoulder as you're running by the kid. Standard tactic. Uh, he swings right over your shoulder, and you go to pick up the old man. Uh the thing is, when you turn the old man over, he is a straw dummy. And you... How do you react to this? Like, it is a uh, straw dummy. The man you saw before you is no longer there. It is a bundle of hay that is shaped like a man. Okay, I am going to... At this point, uh, he's not really going to know what's going on, Logan. And he's going to get mad about it, so he is going to rage. Okay. He's going to take out his spear. Okay. And he's going to point it at the teenager who swung at him and be like, I don't want to hurt you, but if you swing at me again, I will. So as you say this while you're turning around, you uh, turn around, finish your sentence, and realize that the boy and the teenager were both straw dummies as well. And the door that you came through creaks open as if to say, you can come back in now. Uh, okay, I'll make my way back in. Okay, do you put your spear away, or are you going to keep that bad oh, boy out? Well, uh, uh, 
put it away. Okay. No, no, he's angry, so he's gonna keep it out. He's not gonna have it out defend uh, like defensively, but he's gonna have it up. Okay. Like walking with it as a cape, just having it at the ready. I walk in. All right. So you walk through the door, and as you walk through the door, you hear a small tune playing, and if you're not too angry, you notice that the lute is playing by itself in the corner, and Volk has gone back to sleeping on his desk with his legs up, and he's out of it. The chair is wide open for you to sit in. Uh, I'm not going to go over the chair, but I am going to kick the desk. Okay. And try to wake him up. Oh, it, it works. Volk cracks the knife and says, Got a bit of rage in you, huh? Yeah. Just just a little. He'll say through, like, clenched teeth. Yeah. Uh, Volk kind of smiles very maliciously, or not maliciously, but very, uh, how do I put this, uh, sinisterly at you. It's kind of, it almost looks kind of like an evil smile. And he goes, let me tell you one thing. In Nightvale, that rage is what's going to save your life. Uh, I'll look down at it. I'll be like, it's the Stormlord's blessing that will save my life. Ah, yeah. Stormlord. Whatever. Doesn't matter. I'll tell you right now. That's a skill you're going to want to train. Anyways, please sit. You're hired. Um, at this, the, the rage will like just kind of escape him. He'll put the spear on his back and sit down. Okay. Uh, at this point, when you sit down at the desk, Volk reaches into another, you know, drawer in his desk, pulls out this huge, like, long piece of paper, and slams it out in front of you. And he says, "And now to the fun part, the contract." And he kind of like waves and gesticulates his hand as if this is a song and dance. And he says, "It's going to take a while to read this, so you just want me to highlight what Omni Repair does and what you'll be doing for Omni Repair." Uh. No, I learned a pretty good lesson from my friend Ghouls today. Uh, I think I'll take my time and read it. Okay, so Volk says, all right, wake me up when you're done. And he literally instantly puts his feet up and goes back, and you hear the soft breathing 10 seconds after he closes his eyes. Uh, yeah, he'll try, Logan will try to go through it. Okay. Uh, in the interest of... Sure he's not signing himself into slavery. Yeah, roll an investigation okay. check. Uh, that would be a 16. Okay. Uh, you read through the contract. It takes you about an hour to save time. There's nothing nefarious about it. You read in detail enough that Omni Repair is a handyman's guild. By signing the contract, you are agreeing to follow the rules of the handyman's guild and will be paid in full for every job you do. Being part of the guild comes with certain benefits as you are a neutral guild in the city, so you can be hired by anyone. The terms of the contract specifically state, though, that if you accept jobs, the, there will never be any posted jobs in the guild for uh, slave trade, sex slavery, or drugs. And then there's an asterisk under it, or anything that Fixstar deems immoral or irreprehensible. And you realize that basically what you're going to be doing is you're going to be uh, an any man or an everybody's man in uh, a repair guild that basically just takes on odd jobs for money and because of your neutral status as long as you follow the rules of the guild it's most likely that no one will come after you as everyone understands as long as you pay the guild if you pay the guild to murder somebody that person can pay the guild right back to murder you and there's no hard feelings but uh, there, uh, you also gain from the contract that you literally might also be fixing old lady sinks 
Gotcha. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. You done reading the contract? Yep. Uh, I'll just, you know, do the... <clears throat> mm-hmm. Volk cracks an yeah. eye again and says, Man, you're really killing my nap time. Let's get this over with already. And he takes that incredibly fancy quill that actually, upon closer notice, you know, or upon closer inspection, excuse me, you notice that the feather is of some monstrous bird and that the metal part of the quill is actually engraved gold. He puts this down on one side of the contract and then just puts a small well of ink next to it. And he says, in case that doesn't do it for you, he slams down a red box that opens up and has a small red velvet pad in it and says, you can either sign your name. And if you don't know how to write, that's okay. Just put your hand in the box and put it on this line right here, suggesting that you can Uh, just make your mark with a handprint. Yeah, I'll sign my name. Cool. So you pick up the quill. Yep. Roll a constitution check. No. Is it a saving throw or just a check? Check. You're not trying to save your life. Thank goodness. That is a 15. Cool. So as soon as you grab the quill, you feel small pricks in your finger. And it, it, it hurts a little bit. But you notice that the quill actually takes some of your blood. And okay. you can decide to write with it. You can ask questions. What do you want to do? Uh, I'll look at him and be like, really? Blood? You're not making a deal with the devil, man. But blood's the only thing thicker than water, right? You're part of Omni Repair. You put blood into this guild. Uh, yeah, okay. And it'll sign it. Cool. Uh, as you sign your name across it, every stroke of the pen that goes across the line, you feel the top of your right hand start to tingle. And you notice the hexagon that's part of the Omni Repair symbol starts to create itself the further you finish signing your name. As you sign the last part of the uh, N on Logan, half of the you know crest is done. As you sign the last part of the D, the tools in the symbol actually appear. As you remove the quill from the contract and put it back into the inkwell, the symbol on your hand disappears. And Volk says, that's great. You ready to get started? Journey before destination, I guess. Oh, yeah, that's really fancy. Didn't know you were a poet. So much for all that rage. I'm not a poet. It's from the Book of the Storm Father. Anyways. Oh, sounds like a good read. Yeah, uh, a lot of people around here probably wouldn't like it, though. Probably not in Nightville. You're right. And then he kind of gestures with his hand. Into the door on the right you go good friend Uh, yeah into the door on the right okay and so as you approach the door on the right you hear volk mutter under his breath before he falls asleep it's gonna be real interesting working with you logan i'm kind of excited Uh, i'm excited too volk i'm excited too uh you open the door on the right side and the courtyard that you saw before no longer exists Instead, you see a room with the walls covered in, you know, the same pine as the floors. Uh, There is a simple wooden table there with eight seats and a figure that's sitting just beyond obscurity of the light. You have dark vision, right? No. Oh, you're human. Yeah, you don't have dark vision. And so at this point, you walk in through the door. Would you like to take a seat? The figure doesn't say anything to you. It just stares at you kind of. Uh. Yeah, I'll, I'll take, and I'll I'll be like, uh, 
I'm here for the interview. And at that point, you hear a very, very kind of soothing voice say, Ah, welcome. You must be Logan. Sit down, and we'll discuss everything. And that's uh, where yeah. that's where we're going to end it, right there. Yay! All right. Thanks, everybody, uh, for listening. My name is Scott Riley. I'm your story master, and we have our uh, Tempest Berserker saying goodnight. Good night, y'all. Still, have a good one.